Welcome to Enter the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis, on 94.1 FM Wave 94. As you know, I've been doing a series of broadcasts about Beyond the Blessed Life, God's perfect plan to overcome all financial stresses, and I mean all financial stresses, forward by Dave Ramsey, um, and of course written by Dr. Robert Morris. And now we're getting close to the end of the book. It's about 15 chapters. We got on chapter 11, and it's aim before you shoot. Aim before you shoot. Um, this is a pretty interesting chapter um, in the sense of, unlike the other chapters where it gets into the strategy of the enemy on how he tries to derail you in your finances, this one was more about you and how you, how you must aim before you shoot, meaning you need to have yourself aligned to your goals, have your goals, be focused on those goals, come up with the goals, come up with actionable steps to achieve those goals, meaning break them down into chunks, segments. And then the last part of the strategy was have an accountability group that can check in on you to make sure that you are accountable, that you're meeting your benchmarks. And first of all, it it showed all the stats and statistics of how people who set goals, uh, Zig Ziglar and other people, um, Robert, Rick Warner, and all these other great people, Rick, Dane Ramsey, once you set the goal, Zig Ziglar says you're already halfway through. But it takes time because you have to be goals that are realistic, goals that are attainable, right? And in your director, so the first step is to pray and get the directive of the Holy Spirit of what your purpose is. Why are you here? You know, what is your assignment? What is your mission uh, for the kingdom? And then once you start writing that down and then you have your goal, then you break it down into actionable steps and then you set up an accountability group. And that's pretty much the nutshell of this chapter, which I think was pretty powerful because, of course, it made me think about myself and the things that I needed to do better. So, of course, it opens up with a vignette. I love his little vignettes. Dr. Robert Morris talks about when he was in high school and how he was he was taller than the average kid and he was pretty self, very self-confident and he played basketball, but he never really played on a high school basketball team. And so he, in his imagination, thought he was all that in a bag of chips. And he had a hall worked out that the coach would say, this is the best player I've ever seen. But in reality, it turned out not, it was pretty shameful. He tried to, you know, the coach told him to go ahead and do a layup and he ran up and the coach stopped him before he got half court, before he shot the ball. And he said, well, wow, man, I must be doing really great. And then give me a chance to shoot the ball. And then he said, okay, hold it. Go back, do it again. So he runs up again and the coach stops him a second time before half court, before he shoots the ball. And he tells everybody, okay, so tell me what he did wrong. Hmm." So it wasn't what he was expecting to hear. And he said, basically, he was what? He was watching the ball and not the goal. The goal is to shoot the ball into the goal, but he was too busy watching the ball as he dribbled instead of watching the goal. He said, you got to learn how to dribble the ball without looking at the ball, but 
looking at the goal. And so the powerful lesson is that we, um, whatever we focus on, that's what we'll drive towards. And he said that he gave some really sobering stats about, you know, construction workers and police officers and how people were so busy looking at them instead of avoiding them, they ended up hitting those officers or hitting those construction workers and sometimes causing fatalities. So, so what's the problem here? The problem is they weren't focusing on how to, on their, on their, the direction, the goal, which was to, to get around the construction, to get around the construction worker, to get around the police officers or whatever, not focus on the warning lights and hitting the poor people on the curb. That was a pretty powerful um, lesson also. So, so he, he really gets into it and he says, you choose a point in the destination that will lead you away from danger and focus your eyes on that point. So the powerful thing about this um, part of the chapter was when you're setting up a goal, first of all, you got to figure out where are you? Then you got to figure out what is your goal? And then you got to figure out what, how far away are you from your goal? So first you got to evaluate you. Then you got to evaluate where you want to go. Then you got to evaluate the distance of where you are to where, how long it would be before you get to your goal. Okay. So it's all about keep your eyes on the prize and focus on the things of what? Of God. Okay. So even Paul, you know, clearly tells the Philippians, right? The Philippian church, one of his favorite churches. Um, not that I have already att attained or already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also had laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but to, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14, right? So he's saying the same thing. Paul said he just, he forget, he, all that stuff in the past. Matter of fact, he said, I counted as dung. All I care about is the Christ Jesus and my focus is my Lord and Savior Christ Jesus to follow him and to follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit to live a spirit filled life. And so the whole important thing about this was, is that setting measurable goals is a powerful, practical way in which those goals can be obtained and by written and writing them down. So a lot of people say, well, what's the importance of writing them down? It's not only that, it's, it reinforces and it keeps your mind on the prize, right? And then not only that, that you put them in strategic places where you see them periodically, like the refrigerator. <laughs> Everybody goes there. The bathroom, that's another good spot. Everybody goes there. So basically, you have to have a goal, make sure it's specific enough that is measurable and obtainable. That means somebody outside of you can read your goal 
and see that it is obtainable, that that is, that is a realistic, measurable goal. And then the other important thing that he said was you break them up into chunks and to make an actionable plan. And the more successful your plan is, is by breaking it up into, into chunks so that you can accomplish it and that you can monitor your progress. And of course, what really makes it powerful is basically after you come up with your goal and your actionable plan broken up to chunks, then you have an accountability group or an accountability person. And of course, this individual has to be someone who is, has, is um, successful themselves. Um, they are, are trustworthy, you know, because you are, all, you know, basically exposing yourself, making yourself vulnerable. So these have to be really mature Christians who you can trust with your idea. You know, he gave a great um, example of, okay, I want to get out of debt. Well, that's a nice goal, but you need to make it a little bit more specific. I want to get rid of so much debt, but first you got to do an analysis. You got to look at what kind of debt do you have? What are the interest rates on this debt? And, you know, what, um, what are the, um, payment plans or, you know, when does it have to be paid and things like that? Is there a timeline on some of this debt? So what ended up happening was when you, when you do that, then you're, your goal is becoming a little bit more specific. I plan to be totally debt-free within two years, by July 30th, two years from now. Well, that's a that's something measurable. Um, matter of fact, you can add a time to it at July 30th in two years at 5 p.m. That means at 5 p.m., someone can come on July the 30th and see that you are what? Debt what? Free. Now, this is, this is the great part about this. The more diligent you are, the more specific you get, then what? God steps in. That's right. God steps in. So basically, um, the, the, that was the young man basically and his wife, they were wanted to get out of credit card debt. So they went after the highest credit card first. Then they wiped that out. And then next thing you know, surprise, surprise, they got a raise. They got a promotion. And instead of spending that raise and promotion, they used that to whittle away at their debt. And instead of being debt-free in two years, they were debt-free in what? 16 months. So, like I said, God comes alongside and helps you. I know, you know, I prayed about my student loan debt. As I, t- I know you might have heard the story before. But, you know, I, God has been so awesome and you blessed me with some awesome jobs. And so once I, when I graduated from the University of Miami with my bachelor's in geology, minor in mathematics with minors in, um, well, I had heavy emphasis in physics, chemistry, and biology, I had quite a bit of debt. And so I got a great job. I went on to Stanford, got my master's in geophysics and got a great job with mobile oil. And I was able to wipe out my undergraduate student loan and um, Stanford debt within, what, two years. Right. Just just paid it off. So then I went and got an MBA and I got some I won some scholarships for that, but I still had some debt. And once again, I got another great job. 
I worked for 3M, which is the most awesome company that you could ever work for. Um, and some other great company, Harley Davidson, people like that. And I was able to knock out um, pretty much my MBA, my master's in business administration from the University of Texas in Austin. But then I decided I wanted to get my doctorate in um, curriculum and instruction, science education, and research at Baylor University. Um, and that was a horrendous amount of debt um, because there's not a lot of um, things you can find in the doctoral world as far as funding. So I ended up with a, a tremendous amount of debt, and I started praying. Matter of fact, that cost me my marriage because my husband just said I've had it. Former husband said I've had it. So um, my former husband, you know, bailed on me, and so I ended up um, with all this debt that I had to get out of, you know, pretty much by myself. But I wasn't by myself. The Lord God Christ Jesus was with me. And fortunately for me, I had developed, God had given me great favor with my loan officer, Carol, who I love and adore um, at Baylor University. All these years, I have been paying diligently, trying to whittle down my loans, my, per my loans, personal loans from um, Baylor on top of the other loans I had from uh, like Bank of America and places like that for my doctorate. So she uh, helped me and gave me some wisdom, and I went ahead and applied and was able to get the rest of my student loans from my doctorate totally wiped out, which was just a tremendous blessing. And so, um, so I'm, I'm almost totally debt free from student loans. I've got a little under a thousand dollars left to pay on the student loans at Baylor, and I will be totally debt-free. And I've been wheeling away at car debts and um, credit card debts, and I've been very faithful about wiping out debts. Of course, that doesn't stop me from paying my tithe and my offerings. My tithe and my offerings are number one, and then I um, go after that debt. So it's it's a powerful thing, this you got to know how much debt you got, and then you got to understand strategically, you know, going after the high interest credit cards first, and then the next high interest credit cards after that, and the next high interest, and the snowball, they call it the snowball effect. And so it enables you to wipe out your debt. The only problem with that sometimes is people get back into debt, right? You pay off the credit card. And then you build it back up again. So you can't do that. That's why you have to have the Holy Spirit to help and guide you and make sure that you are diligent about um, getting out of debt. So you set a goal. It's got to be a reasonable, a measurable goal. You break it up into chunks. Um, you come up with an actionable plan. And then you have a group of accountability. This basically garners the highest success rate uh, for people who do that. So you figure out where you are, then you figure out where you want to go. But, but first of all, you pray. You go to the Lord and you ask, if, if, if any of you lack wisdom, let him or her ask God who gives all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him or her. But let him or her ask as in faith with no doubting for he or she 
who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. James chapter one, verse five through six. So pray, ask for wisdom, ask for favor and sit down and let's get busy. So it was it was interesting, you know, reading that and making me think about myself and understanding that a well-crafted goal that is very specific um, is very powerful. And so it it was, um, I even talked about Jack Canfield, the, the co-creator of Chicken Soup for the, of the Soul books. He summarizes the kind of specificity by simply asking how much, by, and when. So how much debt do you want to get rid of and when, by when do you want to get rid of it? That will help you to be a success. For example, I want to lose 10 pounds is not a very powerful goal. But what is a very powerful goal is I will weigh 135 pounds by 5 o'clock on, Jan- on June 30th, 2024, right? So that's the specificity that you need to to arrive at. And he even talked about um, Zig Ziglar. Everybody knows him. And Zig Ziglar, the Christian motivational speaker, he said a goal, a properly, a properly um, designed goal is to set up in such a way that you can, you're already halfway there to your goal when you do that right. So basically he says, Zig Ziglar says, a goal properly set is halfway reachable, right? So you got to properly set your goal. Make sure you got realistic. Now, one of the interesting things that I like about um, um, Pastor Dr. Bill Winston, um, he basically says, we are masters of time. That means time, we were created, you know, after, we're not created in time, we're created above time, basically. That's the way we we were designed. And so, so he said that you need to get with the Holy Spirit. And he gave a perfect example. You know, God told him to start the Joseph Business School, which he has now all over the world. And he went to um, Dolores and her husband, Ray, I think his name is. And um, Dolores went to Harvard MBA program. And he told her to look into how long it would take to to set up the Joseph Business School. And so in their analysis, they came back to him and said about two years. So he said, let me go to the throne and talk to the Holy Spirit, talk to the Father, Jesus about it. And um, Pastor Winston went to the throne and the Holy Spirit said two months. And what happened was he the two years um, goal was something attainable in in the natural. But two months, that was definitely supernatural. So in two months, through the supernatural move of the Holy Spirit, they had set up the Joseph Business School. And now those schools are all over the world, right? So I like I like that. I like definitely consulting with the Holy Spirit and getting his input on how long you think it should take. Um, 
Andrew Walmack, another another awesome man of God, who is a great godly leader, and he basically says pretty much the same thing. He said he never sought to. That wasn't his goal to have the Karis Bible College. That was God's goal, and he wasn't his goal to have to be on television. And now he has um, a viewership of over five billion people. That wasn't his goal. That was God's goal. So what um, his success, he says, is that he follows Christ Jesus and he listens to the Lord God, Holy Spirit, the Lord God, Christ Jesus, Daddy God, you and he does exactly what what he what they what they tell him to do. That's what he does. And so, like he said, in the case of he really had no desire to in the beginning to have a a Bible college because he said he saw some of the products of the Bible college and a lot of the people were very arrogant, um, um, full of themselves and really he didn't see the, the Holy Spirit working in that at all in many cases. So he didn't really want to be responsible for producing that kind of product. So, you know, it wasn't on his heart, but he kept following Christ Jesus and doing the things that God Wanted him to do because God was training him up, him up and preparing him. And one day he went to England, and years, this is years later, he got all of a sudden God put in his spirit, I want you to have a Bible college. So boom, now he has a desire. God put that desire in him and he went after it wholeheartedly, right? So the other interesting thing about Kara's Bible college is. God asked him to do this during economic downturn when most ministries were cutting back. Andrew Walmack was building up. So it, it was pretty awesome, you know, to see how God moved. And the other interesting thing, the land that they ended up securing was owned by a very wealthy man. And um, just just a few weeks before his death, his caregiver was an African-American woman who was full of the Holy Spirit, and she ministered to him, and then he became born again, saved. Thank you, Jesus. And then he, But he was so remorseful because his whole life was, you know, set up to, for, to make money. So he was driven by the spirit of mammon until the last few weeks of his life, and he saw a vision of the land that he had, and he and the land that he had, he saw actually Karis Bible College. That's another interesting story. But in the end, um, God strategically positioned the land where um, Andrew Womack and was able to purchase the land. And basically, they began building Karis Bible College. And now... They're building the dorms and they're, you know, looking for, and, and most of the bill, I think all the buildings pretty much at Karis Bible College is all debt free. Um, the bankers for his project was uh, Andrew Womack's partners. So, and that was another um, word that the Lord gave Andrew Womack was that he would not have to borrow anymore um, to fulfill God's mission, his assignment for um, Andrew Womack, that his the people who he ministers through 
um, television um, would basically finance the kingdom's God's business. And so now, and um, Andrew Womack has an awesome um, college, Karis Bible College, and he, um, his um, young people, they must go on a mission trip. Um, that's part of the requirements of the college. And he's got these awesome spirit-filled men and women of God who are very well-read and un- have read the Bible thoroughly and have a deeper understanding of it. And so um, so it was just powerful. It was just a powerful, powerful thing to see how you can move with the goals. Of, and he, one of the things he said, he had an imagination. He visualized um, the Karis Bible College. That was another ingredient that he had. And, of course, he had a very uh, specific plan and very measurable and a, has a board that he's accountable to. So this is very, very important. If we are want to be as successful, we need to aim before we shoot. We need to not be focusing on the problem, the potholes, the flashing lights, but the the actual pathway to avert um, these dangers. You need to pray first, and you need to make sure that you know where you are where you want to go, how long it will take to get there. And and it goes back to write the vision, make it plain and clear, break your biggest, most ambitious goals down into incremental steps. That's sort of like the microspiral methodology that God gave me for the children of the world. So it's, um, it's, it's a powerful thing. You make an action plan that goes with it. Uh, add an accountability um, team to it, and you're pretty much set to go now. This was a very interesting thing that he mentioned in the in the chapter, which I thought was interesting. He says, you know, when we're ill or we've got issues or problems, we go to a medical doctor. But if we got a problem in our finances, sometimes we need to go to a financial doctor, right? And follow the prescription of like a Dave Ramsey or or people like that, right? So, or Beyond the Blessed Life and the Blessed Life, get those two books and read those and follow that. But he says, you want peace, right? You want health. Um, and, and actual financial health, it, it's important to your peace, it's important to your physical health. It's important to your marriage. Your marriage may be at stake. Your children's future may be at stake, right? Your peace, your health, your marriage, your children can all be tied into financial, right? Being financially a good steward. So, we all need to harness the power of goals and setting and getting healthier every day financially so that all areas of our lives are healthy. I just wanted to share that with you. That's what I'll be teaching this Sunday on at All Nations Church off of Sherrod Road across the street from Fun Station. 
around the corner from Chuck E. Cheese in Tallahassee, Florida at 9 a.m. in the Chapel of All Nations Church. I will be teaching that class, and that'll be August the 6th, 2023. And I also want to mention that that's also the first Sunday of August, so we will all meet down at the steps of the Capitol at 3.30 p.m. on August the 6th. And it's a, it's not a long walk at all. It's a short, brisk walk. But we've been doing this now. This will, I think, be our 45th prayer walk. And I, you are all welcome to join us. We'll be at the, the steps of the old Capitol, which is basically where Appalachia and, okay, so more North Monroe or Mid Monroe and Appalachia, where Appalachia actually dead into Monroe is the capital, the old capital, and it has a red and white awnings. That's where we meet at 3.30 on the first Sundays of every month. And we pray, first of all, for the, the church, the kingdom, the church, the churches of Tallahassee. We pray for, um, Tallahassee, the city and all the leadership and nurses and teachers and firemen and, and law officers and, just everyone. And then we progress to the the state of Florida. We pray for the leadership of the state of Florida. And then we pray next for our nation. We pray for the leadership of our nations, our all three branches of our government and everybody. And then we pray for the United States of America all the nations of the United States of America, and then we pray for the world. And we've been doing this for about 45 um, months now, and we have seen a decrease in crime since we um, started doing this. And we would love for you all to join us, all the listeners. Please join us um, on August the 6th, the first Sunday of August. At nine, um, I mean, I'm sorry, at three thirty um, p.m. at the steps of the old Capitol, off of Appalachia and North Monroe, and of course you can join us that morning um, at All Nations Church in the chapel at nine a.m. From nine a.m. to ten a.m., we will be talking about once again um, beyond the blessed life, how to. Basically, how you can have a per- God's perfect plan to overcome all financial stress. And so we're going to be talking um, about aim before you shoot. And I would love for you to join us there because in my spirit, I mean, the Holy Spirit has been having me do this. We're coming to a time where the body of Christ is going to have to move in the supernatural. There's going to be a great wealth transfer to the body of Christ and we need to be good stewards of that money and make sure that we're doing kingdom business with that money and so um, so that's the important thing about that thank you I want to close this broadcast with Romans 10 9 that is if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead you will be saved Romans 10 9 Thank you for once again joining me on Enter the Glory Zone on 94.1 FM Wave 94. Your glory, God, is what I hope.
long for to be overcome by your presence.